0: You've selected a show from the Podcast
1: Jukebox, a DIY podcast network.
0: Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really... Fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go. But guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers. One free item for vulva havers. One free item for couples. And then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K. Content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. My name is Andrew Gerza, and I am your number one queer cripple, your number one disabled dick smith, your number one podcaster with a disability talking about sex. I guess I am. Um, welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get today's show started, y'all. I've started saying y'all more when I, <laughs> when I do the podcast and I don't quite know why. It was never part of my lexicon, but I kind of like it, so I might start using it more when I Start the podcast. I've never really used it before, but it's a it's something that I kind of enjoy, so uh, here we are. Let's do this, everybody. As you're listening to this episode today, as I'm recording it, I have been nominated as part of Queer 2020 Best LGBTQ Podcast, along with shows like Las, C- Las Culturistas, uh, Cameron Esposito's Queery um RuPaul's What's the T. This show, Disability After Dark, has been nominated, and as I record this episode, I'll be going to Los Angeles by the time you listen to this the episode by the time you listen to this episode, the award show will be done and I'll know who won. But the fact that this show is nominated is kind of incredible right now. And I'll be one of a few people actually well, one of a few Disabled people nominated at these awards, people like Ryan O'Connell have also been nominated for his work on the TV TV show special, Um, but he won't be there, so I'm going to be the only disabled person in the room at this big award show with all these celebrities, and I, your boy, Andrew Gerza, your number one queer cripple, is going to be there in my chair on a red carpet, so... At the time of this recording, all that's being set up, but the fact that this podcast that you all listen to is nominated is, is all because of you and all because of your great devotion to the show. And I get notes all the time telling me how important this, this project is, this little thing that I make my better miss to you. So thank you so much for listening and for keeping the show going. If you are listening on the on a Wednesday, that means you are a supporter of the show and you get the show one day early and that means you pledge between $1 and $5 a month to keep the show going. If you want to do that, patreon.com disabilityafterdark. You will get a weird pun from me and the show a day early. So thank you so much for listening, but now let's get to the real episode. No more shameless plugs. On today's show, we're doing something a little bit different, and I'm actually really excited about the format for the show today. I've been sitting down with my friend, Daniel Villarreal, who you'll hear all about in a second. We're friends. And we met a few years ago when he reached out to me for a presentation he was putting together and he wanted kind of a queer disability soundbite. And he reached out to me and said, I, I've, I've stumbled on you on the internet. I love your work. Uh, could, we, could we chat for a little bit? And so we chatted and we ended up becoming friends. And we realized very quickly during our course of the friendship, that we were attracted to each other, and we realized that we eventually want to have sex. So we decided oh, a few months ago to sit down and to like figure out if we could turn our desire to have sex with each other into a podcast and, and explore what the sex would be like with each other, what it would feel like, questions Daniel may have had about about disability, fears around ableism, what he imagined the sex would be like with a wheelchair user, all those things could be part of the the episode. And then we were like, well, why don't we turn it into a series? Why don't we do, like, episode one where we talk about what the sex could be like? And then episode two will be, like, the sex we're going to have. And then episode three will be the afterwards, the sex. So this is a three-part series called Fuck Andrew Gerza. And it talks about how to fuck Andrew Gerza and what it might be like. To fuck me, Andrew Gerza. So, this is a really fun premise. You get to meet my friend Daniel Villarreal as he talks to you about all those things about how he feels about me being disabled, about why he's attracted to me, about how, how he feels about his own ableism. We have a really, really deep conversation. And when we were recording it, neither of us realized how deep it was. And then we got into it. We got into some really deep stuff around internalized ableism, fear, sexiness, all that stuff comes out in this interview. And I'm really excited for you guys, for you all to hear it. I almost said you guys, and I meant to say you all. See? I'm learning. We're learning that gender is a contract, but sometimes we we flip out, we slip out. So I'm excited for you all to hear this. Um, and I cannot wait for you to hear part one of How to Fuck Andrew Gerza right here on the award-nominated podcast. Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex, disability, and everything in between. Daniel Villarreal, hello. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on Disability... Welcome back. Thanks for coming on Disability After Dark for the very first time. You said welcome back because we tried this last week and the audio fucked up again. So here we are doing it a second time, but for you listeners, it's the very first time.
1: Yeah, and it's always fun to do it with you a second time, Andrew, so.
0: <laughs> wow, we're just we're just going there right from the jump. Wow, okay, hi.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, if I figure we're talking about us having sex today, so there's no reason for us to be coy. Uh, your listeners are, are, are tuning in for some hot action. So.
0: <laughs> do you want me to try to stay serious as the host? Because I'm going to... I'm gonna lose it if that's in our whole conversation.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can be as silly as I want to because I'm not the host. So <laughs> it's true, it's true. However, if you derail the host from doing what the host has to do, then
0: it's but you agreed. You're you're be... you're, you're, a re-
1: you're a resolute profe- you're a resolute professional. I'm sure you can handle it. Um,
0: I think professional is a loose term when describing what I do, but sure, I'm professional ish. Um, anyway, can you can you, Daniel Villarreal, introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us who you are and what it is you do.
1: Uh, hey, everyone! I am a longtime uh, journalist, activist, and educator who pretty much the pass around party bottom of the LGBTQ blogosphere <laughs> uh, advocate and. I currently work for Q Digital, which has queerity and LGBTQ Nation. And I've worked for Hornet and a bunch of other publications that aren't <laughs> worth rattling off. I. I'm a public speaker who talks a lot about kind of queer politics and uh you know sexual politics and censorship and things like that and i also uh yeah do 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 some education or try to educate my community do some community organizing so uh you know a, a little bit of everything um and if you want to know more about me uh i, I guess I should take that to the end of the show so.
0: oh just well just wait you're gonna hear a whole lot about daniel today a whole lot whole is spelled h o l e lot um <laughs> Thank you for that introduction uh, yeah. I'm really excited to have you here Because we're going to talk about us Maybe fucking around at some point Later uh,
1: Yeah, ho- ho- hopefully, definitely Rather than maybe But, you know, no pressure
0: Right, well, I mean, I like pressure I like it rough uh, So <laughs> so I want to ask you The first question I want to ask you, the Is are you somebody who experiences Disability in your life? And if so, how does this impact you Day to
1: day? Uh, you know, I I don't have a lot of people in my life that have visible disabilities, um, you know, on, on, only, only, you know, about two or three. Uh, and then in my own life, I uh, have kind of dealt with general anxiety and kind of, you know, chronic depression, but I've never really viewed those things as a disability. Um, and I don't know if that's just because, like, I fear that it would take up space from people who have, you know. Uh, you know, more more visible disabilities, or if because I'm sort of in denial about um, the impact that my depression and anxiety have had on me. But that's that that's kind of the extent of the disability that I experience in my life.
0: Let's kind of go back there for a minute and kind of unpack like the depression and anxiety, because I think that I I I think that they they are disabilities, and I think I understand also your trepidation to take up space from people who you think quote unquote deserve the dis- like the disability moniker more and you're not the first mm. person to have brought this up with me. When I've mm. asked this question like a lot of people say the same thing. They're like "Oh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to take up that space and I would say you are particularly because anxiety and depression are usually invisible disabilities um, that aren't marked by like a wheelchair or a walker or a cane or stuff like that. So I think that you can take up that space if you feel comfortable, but I want to kind of explore why maybe you, like, don't feel comfortable using... I, I I guess
1: that part of it is I don't really know what it accomplishes. I'm like, like I, I, I totally see the point in helping reduce stigma against uh, mental issues, but that's kind of the only thing. I mean, otherwise, I, I don't think that... I don't know that it helps me access anything or it helps society at large for me to be like, oh, I too am disabled.
0: Do you think it would? I think it would give you community that you didn't know you had before. A
1: bunch of depressed people. A bunch of depressed, anxious people. I, I'm already friends with people uh, like that.
0: In, <laughs> I mean, I mean, de- depressed, anxious people are great. I know a lot of great depressed. I, I am also a depressed, anxious person a lot of the time. So, but I'm just saying, like, if you if you start saying I'm disabled and I have an invisible disability and I deal with this, I don't think you're taking up space in a negative way. I think you're allowing yourself to go into a community or more accurately a, n- a number of communities that could support you.
1: You, you know, I, I do feel like I have a lot of support in terms of, you know, my, my family and my friends are all pretty aware and I'm I'm pretty open about my anxiety and depression on social media. And so, you know, I can say that I think at the current moment, I don't feel like I necessarily want. Um, however, I, I, have tried to be a good ally and advocate for disability in the queer space to a certain degree, just by you know making sure that that's an included part of my reporting. Um, yeah, but i I still have a lot of resili or uh, he- hesitancy to 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 apply that label to myself. i I yeah, I and and, I guess that, I, and that's yeah.
0: fair. That's not a bad thing. That's not something you should like don't I'm not saying you should immediately like identify as disabled because I'm suggesting it to you. I'm saying like, the the ways people are d- uncomfortable around that term when they don't have a marked d- disability it's just very interesting to me how like people are wary to use that term because of all the stigma around what it means and how it's been historically used and how it's been used as a tool of oppression when for me as somebody with a marked disability like that you can definitely see and you definitely know I'm very 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 disabled so for me it's like just another form of identity. And it's really interesting to see the, the way that the two of us grapple with that language.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, it, it could be that, that maybe in some subconscious way, I'm more afraid that I have things in common with a larger disabled community than not. Um, maybe it's not that I am secure with the help that I have, but rather that, I don't really know what it means to be part of a larger community that might saddle me with extra responsibilities, obligations, and visibility that, you know, maybe not declaring that give me certain amounts of privilege.
0: Yeah, and I maybe maybe for those people that are grappling with, with entering the disabled community, they're worried about giving up that privilege, or they're worried about being seen as less than, or they're worried about... So I, I understand the worry, I just think it's fascinating how... And again, you're not the the only person that's brought up this kind of this trepidation. But when I talk to different people about this, because this is the first question that I ask when I interview guests now. And whenever I say this, I always get so many different answers of like, oh, yeah, I'm totally disabled to like, I'm not sure. And you get to really see a great level of like just a huge swath of people who are trying to figure out how this term disability fits into their life, if at all. Mm, Mm-hmm. Um how does your anxiety and depression manifest for you?
1: I have kind of been in and out of therapy since I was a sophomore in high school, and it's more just a general pervading sense of doom. I take, you know, a low-dose anti-anxiety medication and I go to therapy and I do lots of journaling and I do lots of meditation and Self work and reading self help books. And so it seems like I'm always trying to view and engage with self work and with others in a sort of trauma slash healing lens. But it really requires me to be upfront with people when I think I might need additional time for uh, writing assignments or that I might need to sometimes cancel plans because I'm feeling really under the weather. Those seem to be kind of the biggest accommodations that I have to ask for because, you know, sometimes your mood can just darken and, uh, yeah, you get in a really dark place and it's hard to kind of tell whether you should try and push through and just, you know, stay the course or whether you should just slow things down and be like, Hey, you know what? I, I, I'm not okay right now.
0: And I mean, that's where I think the, the, the term disability could really help you if you need accommodations at work or if you need certain things, um, and again, accommodations are a tricky thing, and they're they're like the bane of a lot of our existences in the disability community. But if you start saying I'm disabled and I need this, because especially because of you're you're in America, so you know they would have to find a way to accommodate you, and if they don't, that's discrimination.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. Is I'm afraid if I go into job interviews and I'm like, hey, folks, I'm <laughs> really depressed and i also am super anxious. I'm going to need like extra time off and extra time on assignments. They might be like, oh, thank you for coming in for your interview. It was very nice to meet you. And don't worry, there will be a whole episode I'm going to do on how to come
0: out as disabled or chronically ill or depressed or anxious at work because I think these things are like we talk about coming out and I'm gonna t- totally going to go on a tangent here, but we talk about coming out In the queer community a lot we do there's a whole swath of things about how to come out as you know queer but we don't often talk about how to come out as disabled at work Mm. and i want to really explore that so i'm going to do it that an episode like that is coming don't you fret
1: i will be tuning in that sounds super cool actually super super informative and cool because i am um (laughs) but let's shift
0: gears into the reason why we're all here today, you and I have decided, you and I have kind of become friends and, well, more than friends, but we've, you know, chatted for the last two years already, Yeah, two, two plus years, and we've decided to dedicate a couple of the episodes of this show to the fact that we kind of find each other really hot and we decided that we want to sleep with each other. So, yeah. Right. I mean, right.
1: We're 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 gonna make nook nook and knock boots. It's oh, gonna be hot,
0: dear. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you describe for the listening audience how how we met? What was your first impression of me? And when you realized I was the hottest thing on four wheels?
1: <laughs> it has four wheels. I didn't realize that. It actually uh, has six, but four. Is, yeah. You hot 6 wheeled bastard. So I first learned of you, Andrew, when I was working for Hornet. Uh, I saw articles about Deliciously Disabled, which if your listeners don't know, was quite possibly the world's first and only disabled orgy. Uh, it was it, it you know, blew my mind uh, that that someone had bothered to even put together this event, and when I looked closer into it and realized it was a queer uh, queer man, I was like, holy shit, that's 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 incredible. So I guess fast forward about a year uh, past that. And I was putting together a talk for Creating Change, which is the National Summit on LGBTQ Equality held by the LGBTQ Task Force. I put together a talk called Creating Healing and Inclusive Sex Spaces because at the time I was running a jerk-off club from my house and wanted to talk about how you know cool it could be for people who maybe didn't always have access to sex in venues like gay bars or bathhouses. So... Along my list of communities to talk about inclusion for was uh, people with disabilities, and so Andrew was at the very top of that list. And I tried reaching out to him for a while, and I think you were avoiding me for a bit.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. To, to be fair, you were, you know, you were just kind of doing your thing, and you were reaching out to people. And I get a lot of emails from people reaching out to me for stuff where it's mm. like, "Can I? Can can you give me a quote? Can I use?" something you said in one of my books, can I do this? And, like, I'm usually pretty, like, okay, yeah. And I was, like, and you, you know, were persistent, and I'm happy you were, but you were persistent, and I was, like, oh, this guy wants me to talk to him for ten minutes about my disability, and, like, oh, okay, like, all right. And so I I was putting it off because I was, like, okay, I want to talk to this guy, but I also, like, I could do a thing at creating change. And so I was a little bit, like, "Mm, all right. So, but, like, okay, and then... So yeah, you tried and you tried again you tried a bunch of times and then finally we sat down.
1: Yeah, I was I was super duper happy you even gave me the time of day and I even felt a little bit conflicted because in journalism, you're taught that you really shouldn't pay your sources. That's unethical. But then, when you end up asking people from marginalized communities basically for their time and their information to help raise your professional profile, I, it, it yeah, it kind of does my head in a little and bit. And I mean, that's part of why I was.
0: That's to be honest with you. That's part of why I was like, mm, okay, well, he's not gonna. He's not. I'm not getting anything from this. I'm giving him my expertise for his thing. I, like, I'm not getting anything tangible from this. He's not giving me like. There's no transaction happening here like like all right and so like and you at this point you were just a guy over email that was asking me for like a sound bite basically or a couple yeah seconds. and I was like oh, okay like, fuck whatever so I wasn't super like jazzed to do it initially but then
1: little little did you realize the the, the, the embarrassment of riches that my friendship would bestow upon you
0: <laughs> wow wow uh, true. I did not know how, my, how many riches I would be met with when we started talking, but no, from the, from, and then, you know, we started talking and we were very professional to begin with and, and tell us more about that part.
1: Uh, yeah. So an- Andrew was great. We talked for, I think about like 30 minutes or an hour and, you know, he really helped make the talk a heck of a lot better than it would have been uh, otherwise. And then I'm amazing. So- <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> True. Hire so- me creating change.
0: Hi, my name is Andrew I Hire me. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they pay any of their uh, session folks, but... Oh, dear. That's
0: okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Another episode, perhaps. Uh, but, um, so, afterwards, you know, uh, Andrew, I think, sent me a text or two kind of being a little flirty, something along the lines of, oh, you, know, you have a really nice voice and things like that, and... You know, we're 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 both we're both gay men, and you know we we know what you have a nice voice means. So I at the time hadn't given my talk, and I was. just It like, means
0: I want to make you moan my name, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just in case you didn't know what what I like your voice means in gay terms, it means I want to hear you moan
1: my name, bitch. Ah, uh, Andrew. Okay, mm. that's weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hi,
1: Bob. Now, now you've gotten it. Okay, so. But so because I hadn't given the talk yet, I was just like, oh, yeah, it was really nice to talk to you, too. Thanks so much. Ha-ha. You know, and just completely sidestepping it because I didn't want, you know, to kind of blur my professional lines. But after the talk was was given, uh, basically, Andrew, you know, um, kind of, you know, kept kept texting. And and, and, and I, I, I was responding because, you know, I mean, he was a nice guy. And I already thought you were adorable from seeing pictures of you online and, and I really respected the work that you were doing. Hold and so back up
0: to yep. that last part, you thought I was adorable from the pictures you saw online. Keep going.
1: Yeah, man. If, if, if you Google Andrew Gerza and do an image search, it won't be too long before you find images that shall we say are, you might seem a bit hot. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, when, yeah, before long we were sexting and we had seen each other's Dunges. dongs. Yeah, it was, He's got a really nice one. And,
0: uh huh. Keep going.
1: And so from that moment, I was I was hooked. I think digmatized is the word. And <laughs> I, yeah. I, wow. Yeah, I was I, I, I was I was I was attracted, and I was like, holy shit, I would love to hook up with this guy. Uh, but but I, I was in a I was in a closed relationship at the time, and so you know I, that wasn't really a possibility. And 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 that end. I didn't want to have my association with Andrew just be defined by us sexting because you know that I was afraid that if that had happened that and we didn't actually develop a friendship then if we never ended up having sex that basically we wouldn't be in contact anymore that like there would just be nothing for us to talk about and nothing no reason for us to engage beyond you know a sort of fantasy so so even a few months into us getting to know each other and having exposed our our bodies to each other I was still really reticent to just build our relationship on that because you know what if it had never happened
0: and i mean you were super you were super upfront about that you were like hey look think you're hot you're a nice guy like yeah 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 but i'm also seeing somebody right now and like that that has to come first and you were very clear with with me about that and i was very respectful of i hope yeah respectful of those boundaries but also like oh like i was also like okay but i'm still gonna like say hello and like talk to you
1: Right, I mean, you would occasionally, you know, like say something flirty, you know, or, or something, you know, risque, but but it was it was it was with my consent, and it was something that kind of turned me on. I got a thrill of because thrill out of because I you know was attracted to you, and we we never really kind of crossed the line into doing anything that that would have violated the relationship. But but I will tell you this, dear dear listener, that as soon as me and that guy got out of that relationship, I got right back on Andrew's tip.
0: Oh, dear. I mean, almost the little... And I remember when you and this this individual broke up. Like, we had been chatting. We were chatting before then, like usual. And then one day, you're like, hey, me and my person, are, are, we broke up. And I remember going... I remember texting you something to the effect of, oh, I'm so sorry if like, you want to talk about it. Cool. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, oh, all right. <laughs> oh. Okay, and keep in mind, Daniel and I do not live close to each other, um, yeah. in the least. I live in Toronto, and you live in...
1: Portland, Oregon, which is, I mean, like, miles and miles and miles and miles away. Like, so yeah.
0: it's not like the minute that relationship had ended, he was, like, getting in his car and coming right over to suck my D. That was not occurring. But it was there was a nice little, like, oh, all that stuff, that like, all that innuendo and all that playfulness that we had stifled because I wanted to be respectful of your relationship, that can now come to the surface a little bit and that was nice
1: yeah absolutely you know and, and 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 I think furthermore I mean Andrew and I had talked about the possibility of even just seeing each other socially I mean me, me and my ex had talked about going to Toronto we both wanted to meet Andrew because he knew of his work and he knew that uh he you know that he was a fan as well and so yeah it, it, it became a very real possibility all of a sudden and so that was like super duper exciting
0: but I remember even in those conversations of you and I meeting each other socially we both had to be like it's just going to be coffee. That's all it's going to be. And then we both have to leave. Right. Yeah. Then we both can't hang out anymore. And we, and we both like made it very clear to each other. No, we yeah. cannot hang out with each other after the coffee. Because yeah. if we do, we're going to fuck. And that's yeah. not appropriate. Right.
1: Yeah. It was going to be really, really, really
0: hard. Um, yeah. And I just like those those moments I thought were really funny. Because like we had tried so hard to... to be respectful of your relationship and to let, to let that following naturally. And then the minute it was done, like, it was like, well, okay, now we can you, be ourselves.
1: You, you know, I mean, it, so the idea, though, that I would have met you and, and, and that we wouldn't have had sex to me, um, it never struck me as funny. And I get that's not exactly what you're saying just now, but it just struck me as incredibly sad. Uh, both both because my relationship ostensibly started as open and so the only reason it was closed was because my partner had, you know, quote unquote unexpected feelings that, that caused it to be closed off and which basically kind of violated uh, the agreements that we made when we first started going out together. But also because I feel like firsthand I've experienced how sex can really quickly bond two guys together and, and bring down a bunch of emotional walls. And the more and more I listened to your podcast and the more and more I talked to you about your own sexual life, I was like, Oh wow, we actually have a chance to really connect in a way that is unique for both of us. And it gives both of us like a really incredible experience. And, and, and it felt like, okay, well that's just not going to happen. And, and what a missed opportunity and like what a waste because you know of, yeah.
0: Because of yeah, because of like space and time and circumstance. Yeah. And then yes. the minute like the minute that you were done, it just I think it allowed for both of us to um to just try to be more flirty and to see what came of that. And I, honestly, what came from that aside from like the I want to I want to do things to your body stuff and all mm-hmm. the, the playful flirtiness, what came from that actually I think was a deeper friendship and a deeper bond and like we you and i have been up until like 1 2 a.m just talking about shit not even necessarily about like i want to do things to you but literally like hey how is this thing want to have a chat for an hour and a half oh great let's do that so i think it really allowed us to build a friendship first and allowed for us to like do that more
1: yeah i mean people listening should understand that i basically call andrew almost any time that i'm walking my dog uh you know, and we and we talk at least once, if not twice a week, just kind of, you know, hey, how's it going? How are you? Whatnot? And so, you know, by by the time that we had broken up, um, you know, we we had already established a friendship that was kind of, you know, professional and and t- us talking about our emotions. But once we were actually like, oh, we're actually going to do this, and we can actually talk about our sexual selves or whatever, uh, we got to know each other in a completely different way that I think was a lot more vulnerable and yeah, a lot more intimate and. And it's been it's been really really gratifying because because I I don't have any other friend like that.
0: And I mean, it was scary too because I would share things with you about my about ableism, and I would share things with you that you have you had no baseline for. But I felt like I could because I was like, if you're gonna, if we are ever gonna like fuck around, these are things you need to know that I experience. And it was really tough, not tough, but it was like. It was, It's hard for me to bring people into those experiences because I'm always afraid that they're gonna run away. So when you didn't run away, I was like, "Oh, okay. I can. I can let that wall down a little bit." mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. i You know. I, and on, on my own, I think it's allowed me to. Uh, I don't know. I actually I actually, I actually have nothing. <laughs> I was trying to think of something like really pithy and like really like deep to say. But yeah.
0: You were know. like going there. And then. Yeah. Um. Uh, so tell me, aside from what you've already said, what was your, like, as our relationship grew, what was your, your, like, impression of me, and when did you realize that I was continuing to be super hot? Uh,
1: You know, I think that, so it's, it's, anyone who's ever listened to your podcast, um, gets this kind of deeper insight into how accessible and inaccessible the rest of the world is. And because, you know, the, the only other person I've known who's been a wheelchair user in my life has been like my one of my grandmothers, and we didn't have a really close relationship. And then the only other person I knew with a visible disability, apart from a couple pals who have limps, uh, was a deaf guy who I fooled around with many years ago. And so I didn't realize how much of the world was was shut off to you. And, and, and I I don't mean to overstate that because, you know, I don't, I don't want to turn you into inspiration porn, but it made me really, really mad. And one of the things I learned uh, about Andrew off the bat was that, you know, people were not only kind of shitty to him on hookup apps, but that also you had never really kind of had just like, a regular fuck buddy, you know, just someone who you're already friends with, who would like come over and like smoke weed and you guys would hang out and, like, you know, just like watch TV and then like make out and like eat food and then make out again. And, and eat each uh, other. Yeah. 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 You know, and, 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 and I was like, wow, like, how, wow, what? Like it, it, it almost struck me as like, And injustice are like really, really cruel and unfair because I was like, Andrew's like 10 times cooler than like most of the other people I've ever met, you know, and like, and and he's smart and he's sexy and like, he's got this like boyish charm and like you're vulnerable and like just all of that. And so the more and more we got to know each other, the more and more I was just like, God, like this, you totally deserve to have your boots knocked on the regular by like, you know, really, really hot dudes. And so, you know, I, I I think there was one thing is, I, I, as I got to know you more, I just liked you more. And I was like, oh man, like I really want to share this experience with them. Um, but you know, then, then, then I just kind of keep seeing you do like cooler, cooler things. I mean, like you started the disabled people are hot campaign, you know, you do public speaking, you know, different schools, you, you know, have been up for awards like the queerties, you know, uh, and And so I just and and you continue to put yourself out there on social media, uh, you know, even though you get, you know, people asking, you know, sometimes ignorant or hateful questions or making stupid comments or things like that. And and you keep putting yourself out there and that sort of vulnerability and, and courageousness like are just really attractive to me because. I, I think it takes a special sort of fortitude Um, you know and 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 then there's just your body, <laughs> I mean, you know, like you you, 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 got like, you got like a hairy chest like you you know got the scruff Um, you you've got like a dick like a fire hydrant, you know, you're like you're unabashedly sexual You've you've been in a, a couple of videos that you know, show you, you know sexually engaging And so there's a real you can say I did a porn Oh, I mean, I, yeah, sorry. I thought you, like, your viewers would know that. But yeah, he was in a porn. But, I, but I mean, even before then, I saw a documentary where it was like you and some guy, uh, I think just like in your underwear or something like just laying in bed and kind of like kissing and like, you know, uh, touching each other. And so just all of that. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of it kind of made you a little mythic or you know, kind of a, a tiny bit super heroic uh, in my mind, like not 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 to like blow a lot, bunch of hot wind up um, up your ass. But maybe it, I like it, that. You don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, yeah.
0: So um, that, that was it. I want to ask you, you were talking about like, you know, my vulnerability and what makes what in your eyes makes me like attractive to you. I also think that, you know, what makes you attractive to me is that you're a, another person. You're also you know a person of color. You're a person who and again, not to fetishize. I'm not trying to fetishize it. I'm saying because we've been through similar things in the community of not being really accepted, of not being seen a certain way, of being treated differently, like that, that vulnerability from you as somebody who's also other, is also attractive to me.
1: Mm, mm. I, I, I I didn't realize that, actually. I mean, I, I know we kind of have the physical attraction thing going on, but I kind of didn't think about the emotional underpinnings that, you know, made, and, and, and for people listening, like, I was, I was really open with Andrew kind of about like the emotional hardships, like both in the relationship, but also like earlier parts of my life. Like I, you know, I came from an abusive family and I've, I've always really tried to kind of just wear that on my sleeve and, and, and just kind of talk openly about it. And I think Andrew, you know, having, having faced, you know, uh, you know, his, his own types of ridicules and, you know, emotional abandonment, neglect, um, you know, from society and, and elsewhere. Um, yeah, he, he, he would be like, Hey, I, I understand you know what it's like to feel like that you know I, I get that and and so I feel really safe uh, around you and, and by safe I don't mean like that you were non-threatening like there, there there's parts of you or one part in particular incredibly threatening but it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's more what? so just that I felt yeah that 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 I, that I could be that I could be real with you and that you weren't going to be like dumb show me your dick I mean I
0: have sent you texts that were specifically like show me your dick but when you know, when when, when we've really wanted to chat with each other and have real conversations, like, I love being able to sit with you and just talk through some ableism. And one of the times that happened, actually, was recently in, like, November we were chatting, and we were talking about maybe you coming up or something. I I don't know exactly the conversation we were having, and you said, I can't remember what you said, but you said something like, oh, well, I just imagine you're, like, in your house a lot. Oh, and you're just hanging out at home a lot, right? And I, I think because it was winter and I was pissed off. That it was winter and I couldn't go anywhere. When you said that to me, it like touched a nerve, and mm. I was mm. super annoyed with you for like a day. I was like, oh, I got, I gotta go. And I was annoyed. And I, I thought about it afterwards. I thought about it when we talked the other day, and I was like, well, I wasn't even mad at him. I was mad because he's right. He's right.
1: Wait, you you mean that you do just stay in your apartment all the days and you don't have any friends? Well,
0: I mean, I do go out nightly, like, but it's winter right now, and, like, I'm home a lot because my home feels like a safe space to me where I can be where everything's accessible, where I can access all the stuff, and, like, friends do come over. But I, I also find that as I get, get older, because I can't go out often, it's like, it's hard mm-hmm. to make those relationships, so a mm-hmm. lot of my relationships are through online means.
1: You know I mean that 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 makes sense. I mean and and that might actually be something that we sort of have in common and that i I, I mean, try to maintain a lot of relationships, say over Facebook and things like that. but I, I think something I told you exactly I mean, he was he was mad folks like we didn't talk for about like a week and I mean, I we was were busy pissed. Yeah, yeah, he was he was super mad. and i I think the thing is, is that I I told him, I was like, look, man, I, I don't really hear a lot about your friends that come over and I don't really hear a lot about you going out. And, you know, when I, when I told you that was my perception, like I wasn't trying to be like, you're a sad sack. you you live in a shoebox. Ha uh-huh. ha. Like it was more that it was like, oh, I, I, is your life actually like that? I don't actually know what your life is like. Like I, I, yeah, I was surprised because at this point we had been talking for you know, well over a year and I was like, Hey, this perception I have of your life is actually completely off, possibly a completely off base yeah and 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 that's actually something that makes me really excited about the fact that i'm gonna see you in april and that we're actually gonna get time to hang out and like go out in the city and like do things together is is that like i still don't really know what your life is like like we've we've talked about it but i mean it's like sort of theory versus practice right like yeah like yeah and so yeah i really i really want to see
0: well just to just to kind of piggyback on what you said there like my my life is a lot of at home and a lot of like a lot of g- inviting people into my space because going out gives me anxiety and having to plan travel and all this stuff. Like I like doing it, but actually doing it is a fuck ton of work just to get a bus or a cab from my house to go wherever. And then to consider is the place you're going to accessible. Mm-hmm. So mm. I often feel like, and you, you talked earlier about, you know, wanting to cancel plans and all that stuff with your anxiety. I do, I do the same, very similar things with my disability. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's just so much work. It's so mm. it's just so much work for me to go to this one-hour thing. It's gonna take me like an hour to get there, and I gotta get I gotta get ready, and I gotta call an attendant, and I gotta make sure I can go pee. And so by the time all those things are done, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just stay home. Like I'll just, it's all right. I'll just stay home. So my home base does feel like the safest, most successful option for me because mm-hmm. I have access to my care. I have access to like all the things that I can physically reach and so yeah the whole idea that I don't go out is kind of true and it's it's not that I don't like going out I love going out I love I love hanging out but I also realize some of the barriers to that
1: yeah and yeah and 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 like I said it's just something that I I didn't know I mean even into this conversation like I think this is the first time that you were like oh Daniel I was mad because I I kind of felt like you were right. Initially, when we started talking again, you were like, now I have friends. Yes, I go out. Like, come on. Like, that's totally, you know, I can't believe you think that of my life. And and, and this is the first time that you're like, you
0: were right. No, but I mean, full friendships have been really hard for me to maintain and really hard for me to, it's been really tough for me to connect, especially with queer men, because I'm I'm told constantly by that community, almost on a daily basis, that if I push too much, I'm too much. So, Mm. I've learned. I'm learning to just. I haven't learned. I'm learning to just, kind of, because of internalized ableism and external ableism, I pull back. And and then if that means I sit at home and do work from home, or I do work, you know, or I watch start or watch Netflix all day, then that's what I do to make myself comfortable. Because in those in those spaces, I'm not. I don't have to be confronted with the ableism that I have to, that I deal with when I have to consider going out to a gay bar or going out for a coffee with a dude or all those things. Like, those are nice things, but when you consider all the ableism that comes with that, it can be scary sometimes.
1: And, mm, I, and yeah. my
0: anxiety makes it so that I don't want to engage that.
1: You know, I mean, so I, I imagine that when we hang out, you're going to be choosing the places that we go to and, like, you know, what, what, any, 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 any venues. Um, and there's this interest, I think, both as your, you know, soon-to-be lover... F- fuck, buddy. fuck buddy fuck buddy but only if you say it like that what, fuck buddy like i'm going fuck buddy yeah um and it'll it, it'll give me kind of a deepening appreciation for deepening a deepening, deepening. appreciation for <laughs> what <laughs> not only what you deal with um but i guess the different types of resilience the different types of you know navigation uh and 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 the sort of strength and and uh, i'm sorry i feel like i'm turning you into inspiration porn again I mean, i'm just saying it's is I, I want to know. I, I, yeah, I, I want to know what your life's like, and I want to be at your side. And you know, and 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 and, and, and yeah, and and. Aww, and did you catch
0: like. "cripple feelings"? Oh no.
1: <laughs> Am I making a cartoon of myself? Did you? Like, it's cute this, though. Uh, it feels, yeah, I don't know. It just, I mean, this feels kind of embarrassing to admit because I'm not, like it's, I'm not trying to reduce you to like some sort of cutesy cartoon where it's all like my little Andrew, he's so brave, you know, like, like, <laughs> I do. I, do. I kind of uh, yeah. want that to be
0: the start of the podcast from now on. Can, <laughs> can we record that later? <laughs>
1: uh, so anyway, I, yeah, it'll 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 be interesting to experience with you firsthand and, you know, to, to yeah, just to, because like I said, I don't have a lot of exposure to it. So you're you're giving me a lot by, by spending time with me in that way.
0: Well, I mean, I am also appreciative of that you, like, I'm also appreciative that because you're an online friendship, realistically, I never thought this would happen. So the fact that we sat down a few weeks ago and like, okay, we're going to do this for real. It's going to happen. Like, it meant right. a lot to me because it meant like, okay, this person, like, I spend a lot of time telling myself in my internal dialogue that oh guys don't care about me guys don't like me i'm gonna just it's like yes i do all this work publicly and my public face is to be very outgoing and super like sex positive about disability and that's my public face but privately my internal tape is like oh guys don't give a fuck about me and my disability i'm no one likes me anyway it's fine so when you you said like no no i really want to do this like we are going to do this after spending a whole bunch of time committing to myself that you weren't being like i knew you were honest but in my own head i was like oh that's not gonna it won't happen something will, will make it not happen so You're right after i like moved past that and you were like no no i want to right i was like oh it kind of gave me like oh wow if somebody does want to hang out with me and my disabled self for a few days and like see what comes of that and like that was
1: really nice yeah, no, I, I feel you in the kind of that I, – I get that it can still kind of feel unreal. Uh, like I, I'm actually still kind of like, wow, it's only about two months away. We're actually going to do this after talking about this for so long. And it's kind of like until I actually step foot in your apartment or see you at the the, the airport or whatever that like – that it's it, – yeah, it doesn't feel quite real. Or make um,
0: it with me in the airport bathroom. Let's get arrested.
1: Yeah. Together. Woo. Yeah, mugshot love. We can like wink and like hit, blow kisses to the camera. <laughs>
0: Here for it. Um. So, have you, Daniel Villarreal, soon to be lover? Um. Have you <laughs> have you had a sexual or intimate experience with a disabled or wheelchair using person before me?
1: Never a wheelchair using person. I once with a deaf guy, and we we mostly just kind of texted back and forth on my phone. Uh, that's how we communicated. And then, uh, once with a guy who had a limp, but um, yeah. So, so, no, my fr- you're my first wheelchair user.
0: Hot. Um, and tell me how you would like our experience to be.
1: Well, I imagine that it's uh, the sun is setting in Toronto and that we can see that through your windows and that uh, you are holding a bong and being like, hey, Daniel, would you like to smoke my kush? It's really delicious. And I'm like, why well, yes? And so I put my lips down on your piece and I'm like... <laughs> What is happening? Um, I uh, kiss it back into your mouth while, like, slipping into the tongue and kind of running my hand on the kind of back of your head. Like putting one hand on your chest, and like you start coughing because the hit was like way too big and like way more weed than you would actually plan on smoking. Um, and you know, we're both a bit incoherent and sort of like <laughs> after uh, smoking so much weed. Um, you know, maybe uh, there's some. La Rue or, uh, you know, um, Chemical Brothers. I don't know. What do you play when you're Chemical Brothers? Wow, <laughs> you're like that's a bit high energy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's some. Who pop. can
0: say that song? some Anya. We'll throw some Anya on.
1: <laughs> I can I could make out to Anya, man. I could, yeah, yeah. I, could, I
0: could get down to some Anya.
1: <laughs> you're kind of giving me a lesbian boner right now. What? <laughs> so yeah, so we'll ca- we'll catch feelings and kind of you know like be quietly intimate together uh, as the Anya's playing. And uh, you know, I mean, I I'm not sure like if I have to like lift you from the wheelchair or like if I address- no no
0: I have a special lift that
1: I can guide you on how to use that. Hopefully you'll teach me how to use it before I start smoking weed and before we start having sex. Because if it's all like, "Yeah, this is hot," and you're like, "Let me give you a 20-minute tutorial on how to use my lid," I'll be like, "God damn it!"
0: And I also have attendant care workers that I can call in. And be- oh, nice. Can, can you just put this on me? Thank you, lid. Bye.
1: Yeah, you're like me and Daniel are gonna fuck. Can you can you set me a thanks <laughs> now? Please leave. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll be and I'll be like, yeah, leave. <laughs> when I can't get you out of the lift, I'll be like, come back. Help. (laughs) Help, please. I need to, I need to hit that hard. Uh, so (laughs) anyway, um, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I, I, I just imagine, I, I, I hope that we do all sorts of really hot, great things together. Um, you know, I mean, we, we, we had talked about, um, basically kind of like douching, uh, together kind of before, before we fuck as well. And so that's something that I imagine, I guess we'll, Probably kind of come before the actual act. I mean, like you know, one usually douches before they kind of put on the Barry White. You know, um, oh, wait, that was a that was a tonal shift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, I, I mean, if I'm being practical about this, then you know, there's th- that's going to be a thing, um, and and that will be part of how you know our our sex or our sex preparation goes, and you know, that's something that that I'm a little, I guess, a little nervous about, um, just because. Like I, I've douched with a guy before, but it's always been like like two two able bodied people who, you know, are just kind of doing it behind a bathroom door after I explained how to work a douche bulb. Um but this was gonna be a little bit more kind of hands on. And so, yeah, this is kind of the first time that that, that I'm gonna do something like you that. You might see some poo. Yeah, yeah. And like I've seen poo during anal sex and I've seen poo at like at other times too. And so like I'm not like I'm not like I come from a medical family, so I'm not like super duper squicky about it, but like like I said, I I don't know that I've seen it from like a partner like like, the, like that like. Then I'm about to put my mouth on that place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's something it'll happen like as you're fucking, as opposed to you know, kind of in the build up to it. And so, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be immature and being like, Ew, Yeah, yeah, pooping nasty, you know. But I wanna I I imagine that that's probably something we'll do like an hour or so before we kind of relax into the sex stuff, so that there's kind of a buffer where it's like, hey, cool, we did that. Let's chill out for a while. Let's, We've you know, also
0: get, talked about how we might not even that might not even go there because we both like we both respect that both of us have different bodies and we might just decide to just cuddle on night one. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, absolutely, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to press you like you have to douche. You promised me douching. Uh, it's not you, you, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to do or do do anything you don't want to, man. Uh, so, <laughs> the um, but you know, I mean, I, I yeah, I just I just think it's gonna be pretty just hot AF man like I I want I, I want to smell how you smell I want to like rub our our, our facial scruff together I want to like taste you like everywhere and I just want to like get your scent on like my lips and my beard and like like kiss your tattoos and like just just, just really like luxuriate uh and in, in, in the time that we have together man because I mean I, I don't know when I can go out to Toronto again I don't know when I can see you again I don't know you know when when, when we're gonna be able to do it again and so um, I want to make sure that like we have really, really strong, vivid memories of the entire thing because you're gonna have to last for a while.
0: I feel like after the things happen, I feel like you'll be here sooner than later or, or, <laughs> or, or I'll be there
1: I yeah, man, you know uh, I, I yeah i don't I don't know how accessible my place is, but you know we can we can talk about that and that that could be another learning experience. but you know, um I hear Toronto's like, New York without any of the bad parts, so I mean, if it's really that really that good, then I'll, I'll, I'll happily come back.
0: I mean, Toronto. I mean, well, yes and no. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Aside from douching me or lifting me, what do you think some of the other challenges of sleeping with a wheelchair user might be? Well, what what are some of the fears that go through your your head?
1: Um, I mean, I've worried about contorting your limbs in in angles or degrees that like are not that are painful to you. Like, like if I like am holding down like your wrist or like your hand, um, you know, or like I'm, you know, trying to spread your legs like that. I, I I feel like I'm going to probably be very ginger about that and very like, is this okay? And is this okay. And am I hurting you? And you know, all that. Um, so, so I think I might be a little bit nervous about that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I can say this next thing because it's kind of a personal thing you told me on the phone. Oh, go on say it. I'm ready. You told me that sometimes you prematurely ejaculate? Yeah, that's a thing that I do. Yeah, and so, you know, like I want to kind of make sure that like I'm not that I'm not turning you on too much cuz I'm so hot. Uh, you know, but that 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 we that I'm I'm yeah, that we're edging and that we're not building up too quickly and that Well, my you know,
0: my counter to that is that if I come too fast, we'll just do it
1: again. How long does it take you to reload?
0: Uh, well, it depends. Like, it's on average, twenty, thirty minutes usually.
1: Oh, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, we just turn on an episode of like Down Nabby or something, and like smoke, smoke more weed, and, and yeah, just, yeah,
0: pretty much. I didn't realize that you were a Downton Abbey fan.
1: Yeah, uh, I, 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 I like the Downton Abbey I only ever saw season one, but uh, you know, and I got busy, but oh, but I'm you down. You have so much more to get through. Wow. I know. How? not there like five seasons or something? Like that? Yeah, there was. I, I like the idea that, like, we're going to get turned on watching the the, the, the Dowager <laughs> yeah. the Countess. Dowager, Hi, Maggie
0: Smith. Um, Thank you for supporting the sexual liber- liberation of two friends. Uh, Yay. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, what are you most excited about when you think about sleeping with me? Supping on your D. Okay, cool. No,
1: no, I, I don't know all, all of it, man. Like, all it, like, I mean, that, what I've been saying this entire podcast is just it's um like, you know, to, 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 to finally get to meet, you know, uh, you know, a peer uh, who, who's working in the space, uh, you know, and kind of an a, a activist that I, I whose work I actually consider to be revolutionary. Like, there's kind of a starfucker aspect of this. Um,
0: oh, I just it's, popped
1: it, up my chest when you said that almost automatically. That was I like that. <laughs> there you go. Um. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you've you've got a beautiful body, man, and a really nice schlong, and and I I can't lie, like I've you know I've I've popped a couple loads to it, and I, I'm I'm super excited about you know getting getting with you in that way, and 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 finally having that with you, uh, you know, and writing you and, and all that, and so like, that's that, that gets my heart rate up, and I'm just like, oh, that's like so cool, um, you know, and and like I don't want to, I, I I'm afraid this is gonna sound like super ableist or kind of dumb, but like go on, it's, it's I. Because I know that a lot of your, that you haven't really had fuck buddies before and that a lot of your sexual activity are with, you know, sex workers that you're like paying, you know, $200 an hour, things like that. Um, That, that I think there's something kind of really, really gratifying with the idea that it's kind of like, oh, cool, I'm giving Andrew something that maybe he's never had before. And like I'm not I'm not trying to be like, oh, and therefore you're a pity fucker like, oh, I'm such a saint for, for sleeping with you. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be like that at all. Uh, I, I just mean to say though, is is that it's something cool that if you're kind of like, Oh, I have this really, really cool, neat, sexy friend who like totally deserves to get laid and he's not getting laid by, you know, by by by, by, by you know, but by, by as many people as I think he deserves to. Um and I and I and I can be someone who's who's with you without like the pressure of time and the pressure pressure of money and the pressure You know all of that uh, And that yeah, and that we know that after we're done hanging out that we're just gonna keep hanging out the next day um, That all feels really really good to me Like it feels it feels nice to be able to share that with you and to be able to give that to you um. And I hope that's not condescending. Maybe it is and if it is I'm sorry, but but no but I,
0: It's I it's not I think it's genuine and I I, I think also for me to give you, because I know you fuck around with a lot of different people and you have different fuck buddies, and so for me, to give you the experience of like being your first wheelchair user is really powerful for me because that way I get to teach you something so that if you encounter the hottest, you know, wheelchair using guy that isn't me, and you're, and when you go back home and you want to fuck around, you will have a baseline of how to do that with somebody.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and and I'd like that just because I I don't, I know from having seen people with, with mobile disabilities in gay spaces when I lived in Dallas, that as you've, you've said that those spaces aren't always emotionally accessible. And I think a lot of, you know, other gay men in those spaces wound up avoiding those people, um, out of this weird sort of, awkwardness or embarrassment or they kind of feel like they don't know how to talk to or engage that person without a lot of shame or or making a mistake or things like that and 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 i've been that guy i've you know and 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 i don't want to be that guy like i mean i don't want to go out of my way to be all like hey look at you it's it's wheels and how's it going you know and like to be like a dick dick. (laughs) but 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 I, i i don't want to feel afraid and ignorant either. it's
0: wheels with a z because the z stands for i'm into butt stuff
1: bitch um just so you know Please say you have wheels tattooed somewhere on your body. Probably I, That's probably gonna be my next one. Please, like, I want you to do it like in this sort of like crappy like 1980s Lisa Frank like like graffiti style, like where the wheels with like like hyper color uh, with
0: like a sexy Z at the end.
1: Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, and maybe like a cool like teddy bear in like a leopard print jacket, like winking <laughs> at like with a cap on, and like he's like winking in a wheelchair.
0: Here for it. I do have, I do have a unicorn and. In a, up a rainbow ramp on, oh I know I'm about to know so oh I know so yeah
1: he, he's getting the kisses
0: I mean he might get more he, I want him to get flooded anyway uh <laughs> what is one super ableist thought you had about hooking out with me that you haven't told me yet Ah,
1: uh, I mean <laughs> uh
0: it oh it's there I can feel it it <laughs>
1: that th- this is a bit bucket listy for me <laughs> like it, not like it hold on like what that it <laughs> It's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's that I've never done it before, and I really want to do it. <laughs> and and I've 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 won. I've seen hot guys in wheelchairs before, and been like, oh man, like they're really fucking hot. I'd like to I'd like to sleep with them. I wonder what that's like. And that it was like, well, you don't actually know that person, so it's not going to happen. And so you're the first person where it's like, you do know that person, and it is actually going to happen. And so it feels a bit uh, fetishy or othering to to admit that, but like. I, I want to know what it's like, and I've wanted to know what it's like for a really, 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 really long time. Um, and so, yeah, on, on, on a scale of one to your trash, uh, how, how ableist is that?
0: Um, it's not that ableist. I don't. I mean, I'm huh. sure there are elements of ableism in there, but it's not registering for me as ableist because I think it's okay to be attracted to disabled people. I don't think that's the problem. I think it's how you... Ha- how you if you fetishized me to the point where i couldn't move more or i was like you know you made it means so that i was more disabled in the space so that you could have power over me or anything any weird stuff like that that's weird but if you just said oh i think you're hot because you're you because you're disabled that doesn't for me for some other disabled people they might feel differently but i don't see that as a problem
1: wait wait so i want to i want to be clear that that or clarify like i, I think you're hot and you're disabled. Not I think you're hot because you're disabled. Like it's not like. But I'm also hot because I'm disabled. Y- you know, it's. Uh, I I've hear what you're saying, be-
0: and you're right. But I also, what? I'm also hot because I'm disabled.
1: No, you're right. I mean, if, if I think about like the things that I was talking about earlier, I mean, like part of my attraction to you was the fact that you talk a lot about disability and and and, and queerness and and um oh god this this is even worse I'm about to admit this is gonna be so horrible oh dear <laughs> uh, like I don't like if, if if you were able-bodied and you're not in a wheelchair and like you were just some dude like I met at a club like you know like like I'm mean, sure if you still had the same personality and all that like I would be like oh yeah that guy's pretty great like I totally make out with him but like there wouldn't be that same kind of curiosity factor in that way like you know where I'm like oh this is going to be a completely new experience and like so like it's weird to admit that the disability, like, does add, like, this extra mystique, you know, where it's See? all, like...
0: There it is. There it is. Oh, yeah. I feel, oh, I feel a little...
1: I don't know how I feel about that, Angie. I mean, like, I appreciate you, like, trying to let me off the hook, but, like, I... Yeah, I feel a little ambivalent about that. I'm not going to lie. Um, well,
0: that's a good feeling we can work through as I'm sucking your dick. Um, But, <laughs> no, I think, you know, I think it's okay to feel... I think it's okay to feel uncomfortable about that because I don't know what it would be like if I could walk, and I don't know if I would be the same person if I could walk. I don't know if I would have the same viewpoint or the same sense of humor or the same I don't know I don't know if that would be
1: Yeah, I guess it would radically change so many other parts of you that
0: Yeah, and I don't know yeah. if I would have such a huge dick. But um <laughs> no. Hi <laughs> listeners. But um you know, I don't know how I would be, so I think it's okay to be like your disability makes you fucking attractive.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm acting as if this is the first time I've ever kind of thought or, or puzzled or felt conflicted about it. and It's not. I mean, it's it's, it's not. But it's the um, first time I'm hearing of it. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Jesus.
0: It's like like it's like live, real time. <laughs> All of the ablest things you ever said are coming out right now. But it, but I also think I got,
1: No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I say better. Better is coming out now than when we're, we're in the middle of doing it. So
0: I mean, yeah, exactly. I also. I guess I'm,
1: I'm sure all, all all new ableist things will come out while I'm do, while we're doing it.
0: <laughs> oh my god! And guess what, audience? You'll get to hear them because this is only part one of fucking Andrew Gerza with Daniel Villarreal. We're doing parts <laughs> parts two and three, so this series will continue. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I think I think in part two we're talking about like actually recording like some of our first conversation like when i when i go to his place and then like actually recording some of the sex um because you know yeah we, we and i and i do it's just for like kind of prurient audience interest i mean don't be me wrong it's also that but i think part of it also is is that like we kind of want like a chronicle of it you know to kind of be like who were we at that time and like what 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 was it like and what what did we think and what what were we actually talking about a cryptic
0: um, chronicle whoa yeah um but yeah no i agree with you i think like when we record the second part and we record some of the making out and some of the like beginning parts of the sex, by the time we get to the fun parts, the recording will be off. But when we record the beginning parts, like, um, I think that's important because people don't hear... People don't get to hear or think about people in se- in people with disabilities in sexual situations. And with both of our consent, it's something that I want to explore. So when you brought it up to me and you brought the idea of us doing a podcast about this up to me a few months mm-hmm. ago, and I remember sitting back and thinking, I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, this feels, it felt weird because I wanted to, like, keep my professional veneer up a little bit. But then I was like, no, it's a really cool idea. So I'm actually really, I'm really excited to see how how it plays out
1: Mm, mm, me too man absolutely
0: definitely um you've kind of touched on this throughout the whole podcast but i'm gonna ask it anyway what do you hope to learn from our sex together uh
1: you know i i I think part of it is is that i uh i kind of want to be able to know what it's like to to have sex with you so that I can demystify it for other people. I mean, I, I think that's part of, another part of the reason that we wanted to, to do the podcast as well. This is that, you know, the, the idea that there's some able-bodied and, 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 and disabled guy, you know, we'll disabled wheelchair user getting together. Like that shouldn't be like this, like, oh my God, it's so rare. It's so incredible. Like, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's probably a lot less rare than maybe we think. I, I don't know if I'm wrong in that. Um, but 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 I know from talking to other people, uh, other able-bodied uh, cis gay dudes that that they haven't, and that some of them are are kind of scared of the idea because they're like, oh, I, I wouldn't know what I was doing. I might offend them. I might, you know, I I yeah, I'd be weird. Uh, you know, I don't know if their care assistant's going to be around all the time. I don't, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, it, like, the the sort of things that you've you've undoubtedly heard while you're on Scruff and Grinder, I'm sure, Andrew. And so for me, like, I I want to go through it and to be able to basically tell people you know tell, tell other cis gay men like hey like you this is something that you can do like you don't need to be afraid of, of, of a wheelchair user you don't need to be afraid about you know make making these sorts of mistakes here are some things that you can do some things that you should know before going into it so that you know you avoid kind of saying something you know accidentally hurtful or you dumb or or having too many assumptions or you know um kind of feeling too ignorant about about how it's going to be but But I but I want to know what it's actually like so that I can, you know, share that with 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 other people for the websites that I work for, share that with my friends and basically kind of proselytize. So it's like, hey, let's let's start realizing, accepting that disabled people are hot and that there's, you know, really, really good connections and really, really good sex that 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 is available and should be accessible, uh, you know, on, on both sides of that coin and. And, 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 and let's make it a little less, a little less scary and a little bit kind of more hot and fun and the way that I think it really deserves to be. So that's, that's something I want from this. Definitely.
0: Amazing. I like that. Uh, You, when we were setting this up, you told me that you had some questions for me. Do you.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, first off, how much do you weigh? You know, me getting weight is that's a
0: whole that's a whole episode by itself. But getting weight as a wheelchair user is super hard because oh. you can't just hop on a scale. So last time I was weighed, I was in the hospital with the sexy C diff, um, and Ooh. I was about one forty at that time. I've I've buffed up since then, and by buffed up I mean eaten all the Oreos in the land. So <laughs> I'm probably about one sixty five, one seventy now.
1: Okay, okay. I I was just wondering because I'm I'm not sure like uh, how much if any lifting is going to be a th- I know you have like a lift but like I don't know if like I have to like sort of pick you up and put you in that lift or like what so I
0: mean if you want to pick me up and cradle me while we make out oh, that's I'm I'm all right with that but it's not required
1: I mean that sounds great uh okay so so yeah um second I I've seen a lot of photos of you online, as I mentioned earlier, and in a lot of them you wear like kind of leather accoutrement, like a leather cap or like a harness or like an armband, and I didn't know if that meant that like I mean I was getting kind of like subby vibes from that, and like I didn't know if like you're like actually into BDSM or if that was just like a luke or like what.
0: I am really subby because in my day-to-day life with my attendants I have to be very like orderly and I have to know what's going on and I have to direct somebody and I have to be very on point with them all the time so when I'm in bed with somebody that I like and that I trust being able to let go and be like do whatever nasty thing you want to do to me that's really a big turn-on for me because I don't get that in my, I don't get that freedom to do whatever I want in my day-to-day
1: mm mm-hmm. um
0: so to answer your question, yes sir.
1: Do you, do you, do you have any other kinks that I should know about?
0: Um Yeah, but you'll find them out when they're happening to you.
1: Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Do do you, do you like to be hit?
0: I've been known to enjoy that.
1: Do you do you like to be tied up or blindfolded?
0: No. Uh, piss play. If we're in the shower, sure. See, it's weird cuz bodily fluids don't because I deal with them all the time every day with somebody else. The whole idea of being peed on doesn't squeak me out because, like, I deal with my own fluids and I have to, like, look at my own poo every morning to make sure it's all right to tell the attendant. So, like, there's so much stuff that doesn't squeak me out. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, like, sure.
1: So so you're into poo?
0: <laughs> no, let me make clear, not into poo. Just using my day-to-day is, like, the, to say that not much squeaks me out.
1: Oh, uh... <laughs> sp- sp- spit, spit.
0: <laughs> yep, I like that. I enjoy that a lot. Actually, I like having, I like having somebody spit in my mouth. I think I like being really subby that way because I don't know. One of my sex workers did it one day, and I was like, oh, I like that because it means that I'm yours, which might play into like how I want to be wanted all the time. But yeah, that's something that I enjoy. Choked. Yes, with consent and like checking in and like don't leave a huge mark that so i have to explain to my worker because that would be weird but yes
1: yeah i'm not into hickeys either so we i think we might have that in common yeah okay game on jesus i mean <laughs> that's great yes wow yeah oh man <laughs> it's gonna be good
0: i love how you just laughed out of excitement
1: yeah i mean just i'm just i'm just like holy shit like you're like a lot kinkier than i realized you are uh and you know i I mean the sex was already gonna be good like i you know i mean albeit somewhat vanilla which what are we gonna do
0: if the sex is bad
1: that's actually a good question like it could be that like we totally get together and that like we have like no chemistry like whatsoever
0: what do we do if that happens oh
1: shit um yeah i mean so i think a couple things first off like i'm gonna be nervous like even though, like, it's kind of – I'm just nervous when I meet new people, you know, I mean, general anxiety. And, you know, dude, so I, th- I get it. Yeah, and so I, so I think we just need to kind of accept that that's going to be kind of, you know, some of the initial feeling. Um, You know, I, I also think that I have this weird thing that, like, when I arrive, like, if I'm like, oh, he only just wants the sex for me and I'm just here as a sex object or whatever, like, I start to get, like, a little sullen about it. Like, I start to be like, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care my company. He just wants the sex. Um, so –
0: I mean, I, I guess what, do want your sex, but I, I, I also want to massage your brain with my brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we will stimulate each other in in many ways. Um, But, you know, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think even if the chemistry feels off when we first get there, that, like, some acquaintance and some, like, actual hangout uh, can soften that. And I think that we have both, even before this podcast, tried to give each other permission where it's like, hey, man, if you're not feeling it or you feel nervous, like, You can say that, and I think that we should have a follow up with like, hey, like what what's going on, you know, like, are you know, do do you not want to, is you know, is it is it because you don't feel the chemistry there? Um, I I'd like to say because it's something that I fantasized about, like I don't I don't want to check it out. I'm not I don't not saying I want to like pressure either one of us into having sex if we're not feeling it, but like I would hope that at the very least we might be kind of like, oh cool, well like, can I hold your hand or like can we like at least you know can we try cuddling? a little bit and just see how that feels for us. Um, I'm a cuddle slut. So the answer to that is sure, whatever you want. Yeah, no, me, me, me too, man. And so, I mean, I honestly think that we're probably going to get to get together and just be like, we're fucking hot. Let's do this. Like, you know, and like just enjoy the shit out of it. But, but I think it's cool that we're acknowledging it's like that could totally not be the case.
0: Yeah. Cause we have been building up this idea since like what? February of 2018.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, in, in a way, like we don't kind of want it to be, like the sort of bigger than than us you know as as people like we're doing this because we enjoy each other we're not doing it because we want to make a podcast we're not doing it because we're trying to prove some sort of actually, point
0: actually though gotta get that content y'all
1: <laughs> I feel so cheap I feel yeah, de- deliciously cheap
0: um, okay so that's all the questions I got for you yeah um anything else you want to ask me
1: uh no I, I i think that actually covered covered a lot of it actually
0: cool hopefully this time the audio will stay good because because i don't think you and i want to be this bantery a third
1: time with each other i mean i love talking to you but usually our conversations are different every time and to be honest this conversation was actually a lot different than the first one. This we one had. Like, actually yeah.
0: though listeners you'll never hear the first one because it's in the ether but this one was way more fun i i enjoyed this one considerably more than the first one
1: yeah I, I feel like not only we covered a lot more ground but like the actual responses and some of the things we admitted were actually different so it wasn't just like a facsimile of like us being like oh same question again same answer like so like yeah i'm actually glad how, how well it turned out yeah i'm pretty excited
0: um all right daniel villarreal uh, before we let you go how come people get a hold of you and follow your work
1: yeah, uh, I have a personal website. It's uh, Daniel Uh I think Andrew can drop a link in the uh, podcast description, so I don't have to spell out my last name. Correct. But yeah, uh, but you know, you can check out my work there. Uh, if you're on Twitter, I occasionally tweet uh, at Get Villareal. It's all one word. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you just Google my name, you can find all sorts of savory and unsavory things about me on the internet. So.
0: Wow, where where are the unsavory things about you that I? I
1: Wrote an article called can we just admit that we actually do want to indoctrinate children, uh, which was about uh, basically it was about a marriage equality battle in New York and how every time that the, the, like our side released an ad like our ads were like so tame where there were like two identical looking lesbians who were like, we just want to say I do. And then like the anti-gay side would always be like they're gonna fist your children in kindergarten and teach them how to suck dick um <laughs> and like and destroy religion and burn your churches uh and and so i was just like so furious about these stupid you know our like stupid ineffectual ads that were not like combating these lies and so the entire thrust of the article is just like hey can we admit that actually like Teaching LGBTQ history in schools and having gay straight alliances and getting anti bullying measures. And teaching
0: like, kids about their body. Maybe not going so far as to like fist your kid in kindergarten. Obviously that's like a way perverted view, but teaching kids about their bodies is right. okay, guys.
1: Right, right. It, it, better than okay. I would even say it's it's we have a we have a social imperative to do it. Anyhow, um, you know, the, the con- conservatives and far right groups, you know, just took screenshots of the headline and was like, look, this 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 homosexual thought leader, uh, quote unquote, is, you know, saying this thing about homosexuals or even saying for centuries, how shocking he finally admitted it. Oh, my God. And I've gotten flack from gay people who are like, you set our m- movement back and you're you're I mean, it's been used in hate literature around the world. And they're like, you've you've helped queers be persecuted and whatever. Uh, and I'm just sort of like, look, our, our opponents have used our lives and our words and our sex against us are for, for centuries. And, and you know, if, if, if you're going to be pissed off about something like be pissed off and like combat that, like, don't be pissed off about the fact that, you know, I mean, that we wrote an incendiary headline. Um, anyway, so, so if people Google me, they're probably going to run into that, but that's, that's what's up.
0: When I said
1: unsavory, I meant can we see your dick on the internet?
0: But thank you. For...
1: Uh, I would like to say that I personally think my dick is quite savory. Not that I've ever tasted it, but I I have heard I've gotten Yelp reviews about it, and and <laughs> oh, wow. you know th- three and a half stars is not a bad review. I would eat at a restaurant with three and a half stars.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> on that interestingly odd end. This is where we end the part one of how to fuck Andrew Gerza with Daniel Villarreal. Um, Daniel Villarreal, this was a really fun chat. I'm going to listen to it back immediately following this to make sure that the audio worked. But you're great. I love you to bits. Thank you so much for coming on today. And we'll talk very soon.
1: Yeah, man. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I've been your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and coming back each week. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com. The website definitely needs an update, but there you can find my blogs, some of the videos I've been in, some of the talks I've done, you can also book me to come to your event and shine a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between at your next event, you can do that there through andrewgerza.com You can follow me on all my social media at It's Andrew Gerza. That's I-T-S Andrew Gerza So I-T-S-A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A I know I've changed them a bunch over the last few weeks, but this one's gonna stick So It's Andrew Gerza on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter um, all the places to follow me. You can follow the podcast specifically at DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. Uh, we do have a Disability After Dark Facebook page, which you can follow at facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. Um, but I do most of the of the awareness stuff for the podcast on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod. There I do a lot of polls to find out what kind of episodes you want. I ask a lot of questions to find out to get guests. I ask, what kind of things around disability do you want to hear? So make sure to follow us there as well. Um, yeah, that's the show, and thank you so much for coming back to listen. If you want to, again, if you want to support the show, patreon.com disabilityafterdark. You can pledge at whatever level you're able to, but $1 a month and $5 a month gets you the perks, which is the show one day early, ad-free, and an, a special shout-out for me, as well on an episode thanking you for your contribution to keep programs like this up and running, and I would really appreciate your support. Also, please leave a review on Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts, so the shows like this can actually get recognition and shows around disability, which are so sparse in our media landscape, can actually get recognized. So let people know you love the show, and I would really, really appreciate it. But, uh... That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Cripple Content Creations, with music by Chris Sujiji. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be distributed or used without express permission. Copyright 2020.